Who the bloody hell's that? Should indeed. You're listening to the Corona Diaries, a sometimes random and often irreverent attempt to understand the psyche of singer Steve Hogarth. Hello and welcome to chapter 38 of the Corona Diaries. Ah, good morning. Good morning, how are you? Oh, delightful. Delightful. You look delightful. <laughs> Thank you. This morning? Thank you. My haircut's grown out a bit and that's, yes. that's bothering me slightly, but what can you do? Well, I mean at the moment, literally... Well, fuck all, really, you actually, to be yourself. honest. That's what you can do. Or yeah. get the well, message yeah. to do it. Alison did mine in the did first she? lockdown and yeah. she literally hacked it to bits. It was ridiculous. Um, <laughs> I, I quite like that, though. I like the look of someone who's obviously cut their own hair. <laughs> I think <laughs> it's quite a good thing. Because <laughs> no amount of training as a hairdresser can quite, even if you try, do you know what I mean? It's like, it's like if you're a good singer, it's very hard to pretend to be a bad one. And mm. I think if you can cut hair, it must be very hard to to do that. And, you know, that that I've cut it myself, haircut. If somebody sat down and said, can you do me the thing that makes it look like I did it myself? I think, you know, Trevor Sorby would have trouble. <laughs> and yet it's funny because to Alison it came really naturally. <laughs> That's um, the thing. But, <laughs> yeah, but... but. That's like um, back to the Andy Warhol wig, you know, which I always loved. If you know, if ever you're going to have a wig, you want one of those wig wigs, you know. <laughs> you don't want one that could even possibly not be a wig. I wonder if there is a wig that actually, when you get close, screams wig at you. <laughs> <laughs> that would be an invention. In a Japanese accent, probably, wouldn't it? <laughs> um... Des Sage, I have to say Des Sage. He's Irish. He's Irish. Yes, I saw that message. Yeah, sorry, Des. Um, he's from the north, but as he said, it still counts. Of course it um, counts, yeah. yeah. Um, I forgot, I also forgot the lovely Anne-Marie Forker as well. I don't know if she's purple, but she definitely is a listener. And... Um, she she's she's taken a lot of really great photographs. In fact, if you see a photograph of me that's been taken in the last sort of ten years, there's a very good chance it's one of hers because she's brilliant mm. and she's the only person who can make me look half decent. So I always tend to choose hers. She's from uh, the north of Ireland. We we had um, we had lunch in a, in a pub when what, what, last time last time the band played Belfast. Um, we had lunch and she she took me to this, I can't remember the name of it, but she took me to this really cool bar and we had lunch and I left my sunglasses behind. <laughs> and she managed to get them back. Oh, bless her. <laughs> bless her. I always forget, you know, that um, that obviously the causeway's actually in the north. In my head I thought it would be in the south. But it's Antrim, in the... yeah, up the top. Right at the top, and they the I went a few years ago. I was in Belfast, and I and I, and I took the trip up, uh, and it's a truly magical place. But the road back down along the coast into Belfast is beautiful. Actually, yeah. the drive back's fantastic. Mm. Really, yeah. really, really great part of the world. Oh, but, you can't yeah. spend enough time in Ireland. No, you really? can't. No, I agree with that. I wish I'd I'm, spend I'm a huge more fan. time there. Huge fan. I used to love going there with work. It was absolutely great. Um, I want to talk to you about the twenty first of March. Yes. Well, why not? Well, well, I, because I want to talk to you about the 21st of March and why it's special. I've come up with a whole load of reasons why the 21st of March is a really special day. <laughs> um, it's the spring equinox, 
It is the spring equinox. Uh, and traditionally, it's the first day of the, the astrological spring, calendar. The spring equinox. Um, uh, oh, is it the first yeah. day of the astrological calendar? Yeah. It's the it's the earliest day in the calendar that can be Holy Saturday. Oh. And Holy it's Human Sat- Rights Day in South Africa. What's Holy Saturday? Well, that's the yeah. Easter thing, isn't it? Oh, okay. So, so it's the earliest day that, that that Holy Saturday can fall on, and it's Human Rights Day in South Africa. It's International Day of Forests. Mm. It's World mm. Poetry Day, mm. and it's Mother's Day in most of the Arab world. Oh, I didn't know that. No, Matthew Broderick, Ayrton Senna, Gary Oldman were all born on that day, and my gran, and your gran, mm. and your gran, which you mentioned this morning, Elsie Nora Davis. As was. Yes, as was. Um, Leo Fender, Ernie Wise and Kenny Rogers all died on that day. I was born on the same day as Eric Morecambe. Humphrey Bogart married Lauren Bacall on that day. Oh, good choice, Humphrey. Mind you, I bet she was hard work. Oh, she was gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. She she took no prisoners. I mean, she'd have been good in a fight. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> She'd have been handy round Doncaster as you were growing up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I bet she won. <laughs> in 1961, the Beatles played the Cavin for the first time on the 21st of March. Well, fancy that. Yeah. I've played the Cavin. There's a picture of me on the wall in there. Yeah. You've, do you know what? You've mentioned that. I don't know if you've mentioned it in the podcast, but you definitely mentioned it. to me. Yeah, well, you should be. I keep thinking they'll take it down and then every yeah. now and again... You know, someone will send me, say, oh, I was in the cabin, there's a picture of you on the wall. I think, shit, I thought they would have taken that down by now. Well, still there. In 1963, Alcatraz Prison in San Francisco Bay closed on the 21st of March. Good Lord. And in 1984, part of Central Park was renamed Strawberry Fields to honour John Lennon, and that was also on the 21st of March. Oh, how beautiful. And it's the day after my birthday. You're on the 20th. I've worked it out. And yeah, I'm on the cusp. I worked but it out at lightning speed. N- all of those things absolutely pale into insignificance because there's one real reason why the 21st of March is special. Mm. And that's because it's the only day in the diary that we've actually, or you've actually, read out twice. So far... I mean, bearing in mind what cabbage I am, there's a very good chance <laughs> that mistake being repeated. But yes, yeah. And, the, and, and I'd like to say that we did it on purpose to see who was taking notice. Well, not me, obviously. <laughs> but, but, we did, but, but we didn't. So for those of you who realise that the 21st of March was actually recited in TCD 36 and 37, well done. Well, if I ever release a, an audio book, I should put both on. You should. <laughs> Go, here it is again. Which one do you prefer? It needs to stay in that. <laughs> so if, mm. if you've been asked to set a quiz question, there's your quiz question. Mm. Yeah. Which, which, which diary extract day from Steve H got repeated in the Corona Diaries? That's and quite that's niche, one. isn't it? You'd need a niche audience for a question like that. Mm. On to diary, actually, as it goes. Um, we didn't talk about diary extract last week because, uh, well, because I'd not read it at the point that we decided what it was. And neither did I. Um, but um, that's quite a story about Hamburg and your bad day in Hamburg. That was the worst gig of my life, actually, and that's, you know, I've probably had a few, uh, certainly in the early parts of my career, but... That was, you know, off the top of my head, that was the worst one because I, I felt like I let myself down. Um, you let th- yourself down, you let your family <laughs> I, down. I did, I let, I let the room down, I let all the puns, I let the crew down. Mm. You know, it's so easy, you know, you, you get these awkward performers. Um, but, you know, when somebody's unloaded a few trucks and spent, 12 hours putting all that together for you, then, then to piss it up the wall is, is, is pretty selfish. Uh, so I felt bad about the crew as well as feeling bad about the crowd, you know, you know the people who'd paid money to be there that night, uh, just to see the lead singer on, on some kind of, 
What's the word? It's not an ego trip, but it, I was upset um, and I just couldn't get past it. And I think it, there was lots of different reasons for that because, first of all, um, you know, it was a difficult crowd and there was a, I don't know, it was a bit leery. Quite a few parts of Brave are very quiet. Uh, you know, it's a very dynamic piece of work and it's always a bit bit hard to pull off when some, you know, if there's a, somebody's talking or shouting or or heckling. And they, they were heckling that night as well, you know, they were shooting fish and all of that, which really I hadn't, I mean, barely happened ever. Um, didn't happen even on the first tour. Um so for that for that to be going on was you know messing with me a bit but i think I, I think it was the i think it was it was it was the album itself it was the performance of of brave itself it was such a strange process to perform that um and i found that that after a you know after a few weeks on the road performing brave every night I, I, I was just a little bit raw emotionally, um, a little bit worn out. Um, so I think it was a combination of all of those things, um, you know, being a bit raw in the first place, getting heckled, feeling like there was a, you know, a section of the audience not listening, Um and then feeling like my voice was going as well, which is always awful. Uh, I could I could feel my voice on the way out. I was panicking about that as well. So it was a you know a perfect storm, as the cliche goes, of all of those things at once. And I just started to resent the crowd, which is a terrible, terrible, stupid thing to ever do if you're a performer and you resent your audience um then what on earth are you doing there um and so that that that's some you know it was a very very harsh lesson learnt if such lesson needed learning i mean i knew it already but i you know i lived through that and um it did me the world of good in a way because, you know, I've, 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 you know, I bear it in mind now. Whenever, mm. if if ever I'm having a tough gig, um, I bear in mind that, you know, it's never the crowd's fault, even if it is the crowd's fault. <laughs> <laughs> there we are. So, do you think there was an element of the fact that? But it needed to almost needed to be brave for that kind of thing to actually happen. In just because you said it's it's a it's a seventy minute thing, it's very dynamic. There's a, there's a there's a, effectively a build all the way through it. There's definitely an emotional journey there that you're trying to portray. Yeah, it, it that that had a bearing on it most definitely. Um, I've 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 I found it I found it strenuous. I mean. I, I, I think I've said before, there were a couple of points on that tour where I found myself just sitting weeping quietly to myself <laughs> for, for not, you know, not really understanding why. And I think I'd just wrung myself out emotionally uh, by doing it. Um, there was also, um, you know, a lot to think about during that performance, all of, you, you know, because because I decided it it should be a, a, a sort of theatrical event to some degree, or I should be a theatrical event. Um, then there was just a lot of practical stuff of like walking on stage, going right. I've got the eyeliner. Where's the lipstick? Have I got the ties to tie my hair with? Uh, where have I put them? You're right, they're on your... You know what I'm like anyway. I'm I, I'm not the best person in the world of remembering shit. So I'd always be panicking that I'd forgotten something that, that I was going to have to have at a certain point in a song. 
to whether it's to change personas or, or to throw something off or to put something on. And then um, I suffered for that whole tour physically as well with the, the guys mugging me in Hard as Love. I hadn't realised that, that I was pulling all my bloody arms and neck out of line every night doing that and that meant I was hurting all the time and I, I didn't make the connection until years later when we performed Brave Again and all those same aches and pains came back and I thought, that's interesting. Oh, it must be the mugging. And, of course, it was. It was the, um, it was the guys mugging me. Mm. Um, so I was hurting all the time, you know. I felt like my neck was ricked and my, I'd got this pain all the way down my left shoulder all the time. <clears throat> so I just got a lot on on that tour. Mm. And... I suppose then when you, if you go out there and do all that in front of a crowd who isn't really listening, it pisses you off because you, you feel they owe it to you because you're killing yourself. Um, and that must be where, you know, I've had that great, we had that great gig in Helsinki as well where the guy was singing. Have I told this story before? Have I told the story about the guy singing Brave? Were told I, that one? I, I don't think I've heard that. We got on the stage in Helsinki and everybody was drunk uh, for two reasons. Um, first of all, reason one, the Finns really do like a drink. Um, and uh, socially they're usually, you know, absolutely done by the time you run into them. And secondly, um, we went on stage for whatever reason quite late in Helsinki, so everyone had had plenty of time. And, and we were in this club and uh, it got to Brave where it, you know, it all quietens down and there's the, the Ellen pipes and then they fade away and there's just those drones and I sing what a brave, brave girl. And, and it's quite an intimate, tender, delicate thing, you know, and I have to be in a certain place in my head to sing it properly or to deliver it. And uh, as I breathed into sing, I breathed into sing in this drunken voice that was twice as loud as me, just went, What a brave, brave girl! Out the front. Um, and, of course, it, <laughs> it was funny. Um, and But it meant I couldn't possibly do it. And so I paused for a bit and then I had another go. And um, I, when I tried again the second time, he just joined in again, every bit as loud in a sort of drunken Finnish pub singing um, style. And I even said, you know, I even started, <laughs> the drones are still going, <laughs> Martin Kelly's still standing there looking at me, <laughs> what's he going to do? <laughs> Um, and um, I said that perhaps I might be uh, allowed to just sing this alone. And uh, and I had a third go. And the same guy, uh, the third time, just spent the whole of, of, of the next, of the third attempt, shushing the crowd like it was someone else. Shh, shh. So that was all going on and that was quite quite funny. So people not listening can also be amusing. Do you know, we have had that story before. Because mm. I, 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 I don't or know if it's shushing. been on the podcast or whether you've just told me, but I'd forgotten just how funny that actually is. Well, you're standing it's there the... dressed as a priest, you know, surrounded by candles, trying, trying to sing something like that. <laughs> It's uh, yeah. It's the shushing that I love. It's yeah. it's the shh. <laughs> <laughs> I won't tell you again. Be quiet, everyone. The man needs <laughs> to be heard. Yeah. I bet Mark was stood there thinking, "Grief, this, these keyboards aren't going to hold up forever." No, you better, exactly. You better get, better get minute, through it quick. Any minute now, these notes are going to run out. <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be a piano <laughs> in a second. This I'm going to need to reboot this computer. <laughs> oh, so yes, that was that was Hamburg, uh, and you've said that's you've never been close to that since. In no, terms of... I, no, I haven't. It was a lesson, and there's there's no excuse for it. 
it won't happen again. And, and we did, I mean, in a way, we, it was fortunate that we, had, we were there for two nights. So the second night was a chance to redeem myself and, uh, you know, do it properly mm. for, um, for the, you know, in, in, I dare say there would have been quite a lot of fans in that gig that, that did both nights. Mm. So uh, I did, did get a chance to redeem myself for the good people of Hamburg. And interestingly, over the years... That Hamburg's got better and better. We've had some absolutely cracking shows in Hamburg since. Um, Munich was a bit like that as well. Munich used to be extremely half-hearted and and not even half full. When we used to go to Munich, we, we'd always brace ourselves for a shit crowd, you know, and not a lot of people. And that's gone the other way over the years as mm. well. I look forward to Munich now. So you just never know. No. Um, we, um, actually, I've just, I've just thought of something else, and this is not relevant to, you'd have to be purple to know this, but, uh, I will explain. Um, we had a question in the, um, we, we put the guest book Q&A out. Um, in fact, it's, it's going out actually in about five minutes. Um, and one of the questions was about the extended version of Man of a Thousand Faces, um, <laughs> with, um, with, 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 uh, a kind of a... Uh, a weird Freddie Mercury esque vocal at the beginning uh, that didn't actually make it onto the onto the final release, uh, and I, I did listen to it. I, I I dug the single out and listened to it, and you lobbied that it didn't go on. That's right, isn't it? You didn't think it worked. Yeah, I, I thought it was better without it. I I I absolutely agree with you. Having listened to it. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'm not going to say it was shit, but I'm just going to say I think the right judgment was made. Yes, good, good call. Good call on that one. Uh, so I know Mark Krasinski from Durham really likes it and it goes yeah. on all these mixes as the definitive version, but I'm not so sure, having finally listened to that. So I uh, just thought about that. Anyway, um, predictions. We need to get back to where we were last week. So um, we'd done Heroes and Villains. Yes. Which turned yeah. out to be quite apt with the week that Donald ended up having. Um, but yeah. um, but we were going to leave predictions. So uh, we've, we've got 10 or 15 minutes. We can, uh, we, can, we can whiz through five or so Steve H predictions for... I don't know, I don't know how, how far in the future you've thought. Let's Nostra have a look. I, I made some notes in the, in the hope of sounding intelligent and, I, and I'm, I must just, you know, preface this by saying I am a singer. <laughs> <laughs> so cut me a bit of slack. I don't know shit. <laughs> just to, uh, just but... to remind you, this is Pete Witcher who really liked what, uh, the article in TCD30 and, and, and kind of tongue-in-cheek and said, oh, can we do that again? Uh, which I thought was a brilliant idea and you looked at me in that kind of way that suggests that maybe I should stop having ideas. Yeah, you were passing me that spade again. Uh, here it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's lovely, isn't it? There's your well-worn handle. <laughs> think, of the, think of the hole you could dig with this one. Yeah, so shall I just do it? I'll well, read, I'll, go, yeah, on what do you want? go on then. Yeah, go on then. Yeah, yeah go, 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 then. go for it. Go for it. Well, I think some of these are, are probably... You know, anybody could pr predict these, but but I'll predict them anyway. Um, there'll be a malaria vaccine very soon, I think, as a consequence of uh, all the work that's had to be done on uh, on vaccines with COVID, which which could be a, a silver lining. Um, I predict the demise of the MP3 as a, an audio format. I, I, I think it's outdated and there's no reason for it. Um, I think Charles will become king. I think Scotland will become independent. I think Donald Trump will be found guilty of tax fraud, obstruction of justice and colluding with Deutsche Bank to launder money and will receive a custodial prison sentence. He will flee to Moscow. <laughs> Britain will rejoin Europe 15 years from now. The whole process of leave, independence and rejoin will have cost many billions. The BBC will collapse following the removal of the licence fee and become Channel 6. Pandemics will become a more frequent occurrence as the world continues to be overpopulated. That's about it. 
Wow. There's a lot to unpack there. There's a lot to unpack there. I like the malaria vaccine. I think it's extremely likely and, and will be an, an amazing thing. Do you think that's something to do with the fact that the vaccines that are coming for COVID are so far, I think at least two of the ones that have been approved have been synthetic? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, malaria is a strange thing because it's it, it exists on a different scale to viral stuff. I mean, it is a it is a worm, so it's a much bigger thing. It's an organism in itself. But I think they've learned so much uh, uh, from all of this frantic um, research that uh, I think they're really close already uh, to mm. having one. So I think they'll nail that. Mm. I'm trying to think what your second one was. The demise of the MP3. Now, that's interesting because that's the format that we currently put the podcast out on. Mm. So what yeah. do you think is going to replace it then? Well, um, AFE and WAV or whatever, yeah. something that's not compressed because right. I mean, the, the, the whole uh, raison d'etre of the MP3 was to take up less space on hard drives, which were, you know, a few years back, were extremely uh, small and finite relative to what we have today. Um, and, with, you know, with every passing year, our, um, the capacity tends to sort of double or treble and the speed too and, you know, and the, and the price goes down. Um, the solid-state um, capacity to, to store digital information is, is, is going up massively all the time. So... You don't really need MP3s. You you could have you could have it in sort of shimmering, shimmering, shimmering realness. In fact, um, there may even be uh, a, mu a much bigger movement towards um, towards hi-fi buffs wanting to hear music exactly the way it was created. That's at 96k I, th I think there's a market for artists to actually make the the, the un, unmastered mixes mm. available mm, that's interesting I suppose <clears throat> it's not just storage isn't it I guess it's partly speed but the speed issue is not there either is it because obviously if because really storage is almost becoming something that's irrelevant because most of the time you're actually streaming it um, that's true um, and now we are where we are with 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 streaming, and I guess the fact that people don't have data limits in quite the same way as maybe even five years ago, um, that that streaming bigger files is not not an issue in terms of technically it's not an issue, and it's not an issue because if you've got you know a hundred gig of of data in a given month, you're not going to chomp through it streaming podcasts or music. No, five G is just going to. Make that even easier through what would you call it through the air, through the air. Mm. Oh, so yeah, no, you, that's I'd not I'd not thought about that. We maybe maybe we ought to start. Maybe TCD ought to. You know, how much better would this sound? Mm. Of course, five G will make everybody's fillings fall out. <laughs> but as, it's a small price to pay. As he smiles with the gap in his teeth. <laughs> <laughs> That's a beautiful moment. <laughs> it's a small price to pay. Uh, what was number three? Charles will become king. Yeah, of course yeah, he will. I think that's he won't live I think forever. And, uh, yeah, I think he'll be an interesting king. I mean, I, I, Phil Brown sent me a picture the other day of Charles and Camilla signing the wall of the Hundred Club in uh, in London, and I nearly fainted, and, I, and I'm still getting over it because that is such a shithole that dressing room. <laughs> And the thought of Charles and Camilla anywhere near that, it's like universes apart. Mm. Uh, and so uh, massive kudos to to Camilla for signing that wall. Because I've signed that wall and I've signed it um, Ronald Room Divider and the Flaky Pastry Aqueduct Band uh, over the doorway, if you're ever in the dressing room of the 100 Club. Right. So Charles, Charles is going to be king. I think that's, I think that's fairly... Fairly, fairly safe. What was your What was your fourth? <laughs> My fourth was uh, Scotland becomes independent. Yeah, I think that's nailed on. 
it's extremely likely as a consequence yeah. of, of Brexit. Yeah, I think that's absolutely nailed on. And then I don't... we're, we're going to have to go up, you know, and become Scottish so that we can move around Europe with mm. all that shit. That, mm. uh, did, you, did you hear about the, that, this leak about the... Uh, about Europe offering offering musicians free free travel around, you know, unrestricted travel around the European Union, and our government turning that down as part of the deal. I I have heard about have that. Have you heard that? If that's true, it's beyond outrageous. It really is, and it's beyond stupid, as well. Mm. Yeah. No. I, no. Well. Yes. Um, I've written to my MP, Andrew Ledson. Uh, yes. And uh, you might as well howl at the moon. I, uh, I'm just reading a book at the moment called Fallout by a guy called Tim Shipman. It's about the, it's about the, the year or so after the referendum um, when Theresa May was in charge. And it has a few very choice things to say about um, Andrea Ledson. Oh. Quite, quite <laughs> questions her abilities. <laughs> Me too. Somewhat. So, uh, so. Hmm. okay. Um, did you get to Donald, number five? Donald was was fifth, yes, yeah, yeah. I, there may have been a, an element of wishful thinking in this, um, but yeah, found guilty of tax fraud. Well, you know, what's what's tricky there? Obstruction of justice, ditto, and colluding with Deutsche Bank to launder money, ditto, and will receive a custodial prison sentence. Well, let's hope so. Mm. And is that seems reasonable? Based... I mean, they put Al Capone away for. Tax well, I, well, I was—I was going to say—is this—is this the whole thing of the easiest way ultimately to get somebody like that is on tax? Well, you, you, yeah, but it was back then. Until, but until until last week, you know, till 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 everything became normal. You know, yeah. I mean, everything's normal now, isn't it? I mean, it doesn't matter what he does. Everybody goes, "Wow, well, it's not entirely unreasonable." <laughs> 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 There's no. <laughs> You know, we don't need to get hysterical about people storming the Capitol building. It, I um, what's interesting? I've, I've I've gone back into being quite addicted to CNN again, and um, and the footage that's coming out now, only now about last week, is really is really quite shocking. Mm. The, stu- the initial stuff you saw on the day just looked like a bunch of people milling about. Yeah, they're saying, some, they're saying it was a much more violent thing yeah. than, than was initially realised. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think that's, you know, that's going to do for him long term, I would have thought. I, I don't know how it can't. When I said he will flee to Moscow, I did I did have my tongue in, in my cheek about that. But But it might be the only place he can run to. You know, he'd be greeted as a hero there, wouldn't he? Mm. Well, I suppose there's certain... Places in South in South America, he might be welcomed. What well, is Brazil under Bolsonaro? Brazil, yeah. but, but yeah. I, I think that's it. And mm. who knows how long he's going to last? No. Um, did you go into the BBC after that? I did. Yes. Yes. It, it, I think it's likely that the license fee will go um, as as um, you know as the B becomes more and more niche, and and as alternative. Uh, platforms are, are, you know, in, I mean, they're all right. there's already masses of them out there and people would be quite justified in saying, well, what are we paying for? Mm. And I would join them now because I always thought the Beeb was sacred because it was independent and even-handed. And then having heard about the incoming director, uh, the incoming chairman, Donating four hundred thousand pounds to the Conservative Party, uh, well, that's the end of independence, then, isn't it? So, what are you paying for, people? What mm. are you paying for when you're paying a license fee? And, and how have they got the right to to legislate to make you pay for that? I don't, I, I don't see that that's reasonable anymore. The I guess the only thing that's sad about it's all of that... It's a bloody shame. It's a terrible um, shame. It, well, I mean, you've got a situation this morning where the Beeb is now putting out educational content to support kids at home, you know, on free-to-air channels, 
which is particularly helpful when, especially as data poverty is a thing. And if you listen to any of the stuff going on, coming out from education at the moment about how woeful the government response has been to the fact that there are so many kids who are now in lockdown that don't have access to digital devices or have access to, you know, to connectivity. Uh, and the Beeb is the only is the only institution with the infrastructure to actually support in moments like this. Yeah, but and that those could are, have that, that could have been a government led initiative and might have been. That might have been a phone call. You know, get us off the hook with this. Um, you know, now that we're running the Beeb, we can uh, we can do this. Mm. But it, it, I don't know. It's 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 a good thing, but you, you know you've got to you've got to question whether or not the or to what extent the BBC is is independent of of political tinkering now. And mm. as I've said before, since Iraq, I, 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 the scales have fallen from my eyes. Mm. You said that it would become Channel Six. <laughs> well. Is the one? I don't know. <laughs> well, no. Channel I was just wondering. I was just, you know, I don't know. just wondering what was going to occupy Channel One when Channel One was then free. <laughs> oh, I see. Oh, that'll be Marillion TV. Marillion TV. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and Purple everybody TV. will have to pay T- a very small amount TCD every TV. year. TCD TV, man. TCD TV. Well, we'd be BBC Four, wouldn't oh, we? My TCD TV. Oh. We'd be- We'd be BBC TV. Four because we're a little bit more highbrow. Yeah, we are. It's true. We'd we'd it's we'd, we'd be the seven to eleven slot on on you know we, the new Sky High Channel. Sky High Channel. <laughs> You're allowed to say that out loud. Sky above the rain channel. Uh, sky above the rain channel. Uh, what what came after the BBC? Um, what did I say? Uh, it's a good job I made notes, isn't it? Uh, yeah. no, 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 fleet to Moscow. I said Britain will rejoin Europe 15 years from now. That's a reasonable guess in terms of time. Because all those old sods will have snuffed it and the the young kids have been saddled with the paying for it all, you know. I mean, my my daughter Sophie did, was, phoned me up in tears the morning of that referendum and I was, I was pissed off and, you know, saddened, but but she was weeping and it kind of brought it home to me the extent to which our generation just hand the shit to the kids mm. uh, again and again and again and what, what, what a difficult path our children have got uh, now. You know, the way everything's stacked against against them while, uh, while we baby boomers cash in and, you know, play golf with our, uh, with our, uh, our pensions and... And they're, they're, they're scrabbling together to have a hope of, of, of getting their first mortgage to buy a monstrously overpriced house. Um, it's tough for the kids, and I think handing them this as well is, is, is despicable, personally. Mm. That's just my view. Um, but, you know, once, once they're old enough and have a little bit of power, maybe they can reverse a few of these nonsenses that we're thrusting onto them um i've got a sneaking suspicion we won't rejoin straight away but what will happen is we'll get very very close over a period of time to the point where rejoining will become such a semantic argument that we'll end up doing it i think we'll get close i think we'll start getting closer again within a few years people aren't going to like not being able to get lettuce 15 years is a long time in politics isn't it yeah yeah it's a change of generation, you know. the The likes of the likes of Boris and Gove will probably be um, R.I.P. Won't they? Resting in um, purgatory, <laughs> <laughs> or, or Preston, <laughs> even worse. <laughs> Sorry, Preston. Oh shit! No, look. Judgment from heaven. Yes, and, uh, I'm just being nutted by God. <laughs> And what was it? Was there one more after that? Did you have yeah, one more? Yeah, of course there was. While I was digging, you know, I thought I'd keep going. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was just um, pandemics have become a more frequent occurrence yes. as yeah. the world continues to be overpopulated. I think you know. I do, I don't want to spread doom, but there's no way around calling that doom, is it? 
Right. Uh, there's too many of us, man. There's there's too many of us on the earth, and we're we're a plague on the earth. And at some point, it will do something about it. Mm. And this is a harbinger of that. Um, COVID's a harbinger of of much bigger stuff to come. Let, let's just hope. Let's just hope it doesn't come too soon. Well, on that cheery note, should we head into a bit of diary? <laughs> I might have to edit that out. It's just too miserable, isn't it? I mean, the no, purpose. No, I think it was of, fine. I think it was fine. The purpose of T C D is to cheer people up during some shit times. <laughs> may, may predict the apocalypse is barely is not really going to do that, is it? Yeah, but, but you know, the other side of that scale, they know a hell of a lot about the twenty first of March that they didn't know before they started listening. That's true. That's true. You know. It's it's we are public service broadcast public service podcasting public service TCD TV. There you have it. TCD TV. I'm going to be singing that all day. Oh my TCD TV. Ooh. Should we go yeah. to diary? <laughs> yes. Yes. Here it comes. Saturday, 26th of March. Helene Hannehoff. Dreamt I was in a limo which got lost in Fulham. Ended up in some burnt-out building like a factory. There was a gang of young boys with electric drills and coping saws who were trying to cut downwards through the still-burning joists so that I could get through to Fulham Road. Then Mark Kay was there. I helped to cut up towels to dampen down the embers. One of the small boys had a gun and I was nervous he might commit suicide. I persuaded him to let me borrow it, but then he was pointing an electric drill at his head. It was around then that I woke, got up and wrote it down. This is especially unusual, as I very rarely dream while sleeping, and when I do, it's often about gravel, really, or something utterly without interest. Perhaps my waking life is enough of a dream, so I don't feel the need to dream at night. Went down for breakfast and bumped into Nick B, who told me he'd just received a fax informing him that the Daily Star would be arriving tomorrow. Ugh, there goes my day off. Said hi to Sandra, press EMI, who travelled with us on the long drive down to Helene, and didn't try hard enough to conceal my irritation. We finally arrived at 4.30 and as I climbed out of the bus I noticed that my damaged front tooth had broken. However, I was in luck. The gig promoter knows a good dentist and took me over to see him. He rebuilt said tooth using white filler. It took about 10 minutes and I couldn't tell it had ever been broken. He would accept no payment other than his daughter on the guest list and a free t-shirt. The show went well, again. My voice was holding, although not 100%. Afterwards, I showered backstage, which was interesting. The showers only had hot taps, so once turned on, you've got about 20 seconds before your skin peels. In order to rinse the shampoo out of my hair, I had to move from dressing room to dressing room using the first precious seconds of lukewarm water in each shower before I was scalded. After the show, we drove back to Amsterdam, playing word games with Sandra to pass the time. Got back around 1.30 and hit the bed running. Heaven. Sunday, 27th of March. Amsterdam, day off. Spent most of the day in bed. Got up in the afternoon, showered and went down to the bar where I was to be interviewed by Julia Carter from the Daily Star. It went okay. But, of course, God knows what they'll write. In the evening, I went out for a quiet drink with Nick B, had a couple of beers and put the world to rights. Monday, 28th of March, Amsterdam Paradiso. Today was to be the first of the two Paradiso shows. I was here back in 82 with the Europeans supporting the Cocteau Twins and Dead Can Dance. 
I was surprised when walking back into the building at just how much smaller it is than I remembered. The stage is one of the smaller of the tour, so everything was a bit of a squeeze. Soundcheck was okay, a bit too cavernous for definition, but such conditions dry up with people in the room. Everyone seemed happy, so I walked back to the American Hotel, which is only a stone's throw away. I thought the show went well, but I must have become a bit complacent, as when I spoke to people afterwards, they said it was the best show ever in the Netherlands, so it must have worked particularly well. We threw in a full band version of Sugar Mice and the Encore. The Daily Mirror was at this one. I wonder what they'll say. Yvonne from Rondor said the lights were particularly beautiful. Well done, Alan. Tuesday, 29th of March, Amsterdam, Paradiso 2. Got up around 10.30 and opened the curtains of my room to discover a bright, sunny day at last. I'd been hearing about fine weather in England from home over the last two weeks, but in this part of Europe it's been consistently grey or raining until today. Went for a walk and enjoyed the morning mooching along the canals and eventually discovering the cafe on the sixth floor of the new Metz department store. Six floors is high for Amsterdam and I sat at a window table overlooking the city and watching the people, the trams and the sunlight reflecting on the canal below. Bliss. Had a spot of lunch and worked my way down through the store. It's like a sort of Dutch design centre and concentrates on high-class home interiors with an emphasis on functional minimalism. Not generally to my taste. I like things a bit more crusty. Nice shop, though, with helpful staff. Wandered back to the American Hotel to drop off Easter hairs, which I'd bought for Sophie and Niall, before walking over to the Paradiso for soundcheck. I was made a present of a couple of books of selected poetry and flowers as I entered the building. Thank you, Anna. Everything seemed to sound better at the soundcheck. I think Jeff must have done a bit more work on the monitors, which are sounding superb. Jeff Hooper is one of the finest sound engineers I have worked with. Walked back to the American Hotel for an hour relaxing before the show. Once again, the keyboards worked perfectly. I can feel the attitude of the whole band becoming more confident now we're able to rely on all the sounds and effects. Paradiso 2 was, for me, better than last night, although I don't think there was much in it, and general opinion was divided. Returned to the hotel and showered in my room before going down to the bar for a half with the record company. I didn't hang around long. We have another two shows in a row to do. Went to bed and read through a dozen or so fan letters from around the world. The general reaction to Brave can only be described as euphoric. Why does media and radio despise us? I guess you either love or loathe, Marillion. Conversion is a long and quantum jump. Our music seems to be behind a locked door. It's fun in the room, though, if you find the key. Wednesday, 30th of March. Eindhoven Music Centrum, Fritz Phillips. Got up around 11, had coffee with John A and checked out of the American Hotel. It wasn't cheap. We had been here for about five days. There was a moment of panic when Nick locked the keys in the bus, but they were retrieved shortly after by Jack, who found an open window. Drove for a couple of hours down to Eindhoven, arriving around two on what had turned out to be a beautiful day. Checked into the hotel and wandered across the street to have coffee and carry on writing up this diary. Went to the venue and ate chicken and beef satay and catering. Priv was running a little late, so I went out with John and Steve R for a walk and had a beer in the late afternoon sunshine at a street cafe. Had a mooch around a shop full of ethnic and oriental artefacts and nearly bought something. I'd spent all my money checking out of the hotel in Amsterdam, so I restrained myself. Returned to the music centrum, which reminds me of the Royal Festival Hall, and sound-checked before returning to the hotel for a snooze. Again, the show went well and was ecstatically received by the capacity crowd. Priv said the sound was superb out front and seemed unusually pleased with himself. 
Alan said the shows were all looking great. The manager of the venue had arranged for our photographs to be taken after the show for an exhibition of artists who've played here, and he thanked us warmly. I got the impression he was knocked out by what he'd seen. This venue is normally used for classical concerts. Our audience reaction must have come as quite a shock. After it was over, we walked across town and had a beer or two in a street bar before returning to the hotel. Thursday, 31st of March, Utrecht Music Centrum, Freidenberg. Checked out of the hotel in Eindhoven at 12 and drove the relatively short journey to Utrecht, which was to be the last show in Europe before returning home for the Easter three-day break. Our hotel this evening was to be the Ibis at Schiphol, so there was nowhere for us to go but the venue, our old friend, Freidenberg Music Centrum. Had a bite to eat in catering and went out shopping for finger bandages. Utrecht is, for me, the bandage capital of the world, and I always go off in search of a certain pharmacy. Bought their entire stock of one-inch elastic bandage and set off for the Holiday Inn to see if they'd let me use the solarium. They wouldn't. I'm not staying there again. Called in at the Hotel Smiths, who remembered us from our last visit. They were more than helpful when we stayed before, and I thought it might be a nice way of saying we haven't forgotten. Bought Dizzy a sweatshirt, which I thought was a little unusual, from the shop next door and returned to the music centrum. We couldn't really see the point of a sound check, so we just checked our individual inputs and monitors and left it at that. I retired to my bunk on the bus for my pre-show snooze, but never actually managed one. It's a useful ritual nonetheless because the total solitude stops me from talking and gives my vocal cords a rest. Returned to the dressing rooms around eight and showered in the hope of perking up a little. I was standing in a bathrobe cleaning my teeth when Tony Smith appeared with John Arneson. Phil Collins is down the road at a slightly bigger venue running through a production rehearsal of his imminent tour and Tony had managed to slip out for half an hour to say hello. He seemed relaxed and happy. Unfortunately, he couldn't stay to see the show, which was a pity, because we were really on form, especially the Brave set, which I think would have given him an insight into what we're capable of these days. Paul Devine, our previous lighting designer, who's working on the Phil Collins tour, also swung by to watch the show. The audience, who are legendary at this location, lived up to expectations and sang all the encores and a good deal of the new album. If you're reading this and you've never been to a Marillion gig, I know that's highly unlikely, you should imagine a Brazilian football crowd who just learned their favourite song in English. It would sound and feel quite similar to many of our shows. In the light of such a reaction, it's natural to play more than one encore, and so our show, which started out at two hours, has gradually crept up to around two hours, 20 minutes. We saved the space for the third encore, pushing my voice to the limit of its endurance. It was on the edge of cracking at the end of the song, but I just about got away with it. This is the last show for a few days, so what the hell? It took longer than usual for me to climb down from the tree after the show, in this state of mind, I'm not terribly pleasant company and I tend to lose things. Left the sweatshirt that I'd bought for Dizzy somewhere in the dressing room and drove to the Schiphol Ibis Hotel. Realised too late to contact the crew, so I won't know if they picked it up until I get to Frankfurt next Tuesday. Bugger. Had a beer in the bar with Nick B, Steve R and John A and got to bed at 3.30. I had to be up at 8 it was going to be ugly. And we're back. Hey. And um, who knows what diary you've just listened to? Who, who knows what <laughs> days you've got? Um, it's, it, you know, uh, what a surprise that will have been. Um, but... I am going to have to ask you about, if you ended up reading this, you mentioned a very strange dream. Hmm. That was a strange I, dream. It was very odd. 
Mm. Um, in Fulham mm. with in Mark Fulham, Kelly. Yeah, I don't remember dreaming that. It's funny how dreams vanish, isn't it? Even if you remember them when you wake up, they've usually gone, aren't they? Unless you get them written down really quickly. Well, you must have written that down really quickly to have got that much detail. I must have done. Yeah, well, in those days, I would wake, you know, I would wake up and maybe get myself a coffee and and maybe catch up on the diary. So it would have been fresh in the mind. But I did go through a phase of not dreaming anything uh, for years and years and years and years uh, after that. And you know, and I wrote that line in Fantastic Place. I never could dream when I was sleeping. And that's because I'd stopped. I'd stopped dreaming altogether in the sort of mid-90s. Um, and I, if I dreamt at all, I, I, I would dream about a gravel. Um, Bags of it or loose or...? <laughs> sort of road surfaces, really. Uh, you know, I'd wake up thinking, oh, just dreamt about gravel. And that was it. <laughs> And uh, I discussed this with a couple of people back then and they reckon it was because my life was so insane, you know, that my waking life was so rich and full of experiences there just wasn't any room left (laughs) to dream anything. (laughs) So it was my brain's way of just um, compensating, you know, by kind of giving me a a (laughs) screensaver. Rather than a story. (laughs) And there could be something in that because since my life's become more boring, I've started dreaming again. (laughs) (laughs) I love the idea of your screen switching down and just gravel pictures just floating (laughs) across your screen. I I think that's great. The coarse aggregate. I didn't realise that was where the, what the, the line referred to, though. Mm. We're back to that thing we said about lyrics where, you know, you wouldn't get to that. I mean, if, I mean, if somebody gave that line to you, you wouldn't say, well, there's a bloke dreaming about gravel. No, I guess not. I never could dream when I was sleeping. Um, I guess it implies that the dreams are going on during the day, which mm. is a nice thought. And I guess they were for me, you know. I guess they still are to some extent if I look around this room. I'm a lucky bugger. You're back dreaming then? You're back back on? Yeah, I have started dreaming. I had a dream last night. I can't think what it was about because Vibes was telling me about his dream this morning. He'd had a nightmare and he'd sent me a text, bless him. So I don't want to wake you up, but so I sent you. No, I don't want to wake mummy up because I know she doesn't feel very well. So I've sent you a text uh, to, to, just to see if you could come in and give me give me a cuddle. <laughs> but of course, I was asleep, so <laughs> I never got it. But that was very brave of him, bless him. Um, and 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 so I and that which set me thinking about the dream I'd had last night. Um, but I can't remember. Again, it's gone now. But I did have a dream last, last night. It wasn't terribly interesting. It didn't involve people with machetes. Right. Which is what Vibes dreams tend to involve. Right. Is that? Do we think that might be something to do with... What's he playing at the moment? Is he playing Fortnite? No. No, he's never got into that. He, 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 was, he was quite anti it. He thought it was too violent. We, were, right. we we played darts a lot yesterday, <laughs> but we did only use darts. You know, we weren't right. using throwing knives or anything like that. <laughs> Three hundred and one up. Right, you start. Boom. Axes. <laughs> I, am I the only one that the alarm bells go off when somebody says, we did use darts, we didn't use machetes? <laughs> am, am I the only one that's feeling that a little bit? Or is it, you know, if there's anybody else out there that's thinking what I'm thinking at the moment, then just drop me a drop, drop me a quiet message. Oh, there's, there's a lot of Viking blood in this household, you know. The, the darts are a bit, they're, they're a bit non-Viking. Right. <laughs> 
Right. Darts? You, the two of you are playing darts? We were yesterday, yeah. Right. Do, you often, <laughs> do you often play darts? Well, I do now. I just right. bought him a dartboard, so we, right. we're, we're, we're back into it. So it's on his wall and there's, there's more holes in his wall than there are <laughs> there in the dartboard. dartboard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you have a dartboard as a kid? Yeah, yeah, yeah I did. I had, a, I, had a, I had a dartboard as a kid. I used to like playing darts. I used to like playing darts. When I went to college, somebody asked me last week um, whereabouts I was in Nottingham. And I, I said I was at Corporation Oaks with the um, with the actresses and the actors and all of that over breakfast. And I couldn't remember the name of the pub we used to go to on the Mapley Road. And I think it was called the Angus or something. We, the, Or was it the Agnes? It might have been the Agnes, and we called it the Black Angus. Um, or maybe we called it the Black Agnes and it was really called the Angus. It was either called Angus and we called it Agnes or it was called Agnes and we called it Angus. Um, that's probably gone now. Oh, and I used to play darts in there with uh, a scouser called Jeff Evans who was my roommate at the time. Um, who was one of those blokes who... I think he was what? He was 22 years old and he already looked about 47. <laughs> that's that's constantly walking around with the smell of, you know, boiling cod in your nostrils. Maybe. Yeah, the, uh, the cod in butter sauce. The cod in butter sauce. And the camping gas yeah. stove. Yeah. Yeah. Mrs Peters, Mrs Peters had a had a a, a, a walk-in wardrobe full of mink coats. And uh that's what she used to do with the rent money because she didn't need the money. She'd inherited the house from some rich old dear that she used to clean for. And then having inherited this big old Victorian house, <coughs> she she just used to carry on, you know, cleaning. She carried on living the life of a cleaner um, and amassing all this money that she didn't know what to do with, so she'd buy another mink coat with it. And she had a, she had a wardrobe walking wardrobe full of mink coats. And I used to say to her, why don't you go on a cruise? Go on a QE2. Go to Barbados. Go see Sydney Opera House. There's a world out there. Go on, you can have a whale of a time. And she'd go, oh, I don't know. What would I do with the dogs if I went away? I used to think, oh, what can you do with people? Anyway, she brought mink coats with the money. Have you actually ever stayed anywhere with a landlady that was normal? Uh, <laughs> well, um, no. Are, 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 are there any normal landladies? landladies. Discuss. Yeah. It's, very, it's a very English thing, breakfast. isn't it, a landlady? It's a very, very English thing, that. Yeah, I guess the French have a concierge, don't they? And they're usually characters as well. Um, I mean, that's even weirder, being a concierge. You just kind of sit in a cupboard, don't you, by the front door. That's a strange thing to do. <laughs> How have we ended up here? How have we ended up <laughs> sitting in a cupboard by the front door? <laughs> now, there's a dream. There's tonight's dream, quite possibly. <laughs> well, I think we should leave it, leave it at, at, with a cupboard by the front door. Yes, better than the... the than the signing off of the first section with all the yeah. doom and gloom and apocalypse. Yeah, but but both both from your head, both, you know. Lady in a cupboard. Different halves of the same psyche. <laughs> Dif different segments of that particular tangerine. Mm. Oh, look at that. Oh, oh. Darling, I've got to go. The phone's ringing. <laughs> I've been up all night. Well, let's hope uh, somebody answers that. Oh, they have. Okay. All right. Well, I'll say cheerio. Yes. I'll go and find out who the hell that is. Right. Well, we'll 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 wrap it then for thirty-eight. Thanks to everybody for your continued support. Lovely. It's yes. Lovely. Thank you, and thank you for for responding so positively to me getting on my soapbox and being in. <sighs> What's the word? Um, obnoxious, self-important, self-obsessed 
get I got a shout out To Jay Collins And a name I can't pronounce I'll leave it to the end Thank you very much For going purple Support me with the podcast Lee Bridges Lee Bridges And someone I'm struggling To pronounce It starts with K-R-Z And then Y-Z So if you're English, you know what I'm up against. I'm gonna take a stab at Krzyzanski. I'm gonna take a stab at Krzyzanski. I'm sure that's wrong. But thank you for being purple Thanks for listening to the Corona Diaries. It featured Steve Hogarth with the insights and me, Ant Short, with the questions. If you enjoyed the podcast, please consider subscribing and maybe leaving a review as this will help others find it. You could even share with other like-minded souls, should the mood take you. This has been an A Short Stories production. <laughs>